If you are an entrepreneur who knows that your business thrives better when your body feels good, then you're going to want to listen to this episode because wow, I just listened through. This is a training I did probably three years ago on food, overindulgence, emotions, and business. And I was speaking to a big group of female entrepreneurs just like you. In the episode, I cover all things. I dive into a deep dive into our indulgences. I dive into my journey with food addiction. I dive into a view of self-sabotage, why you don't think you want what you think you want. I dive into the fucking syndrome, binge and restriction cycle, how to take care of your body and how to drop into heart-brain coherence. There's also a bonus at the end of this where my clients at the time asked me a bunch of questions. So you're going to get to experience a Q&A and get a little taste of what it feels like to work with me directly in a group program. This is a fantastic training. I remember it happened years ago and I still remember when I recorded it because it felt so channeled and so divinely guided and so on point for what I stand for and Something that I love all of my clients to take into consideration because I know that our bodies are the conduit to our creations and our bodies are also the thing that we seem to sabotage first when we're moving into a bigger versions of ourselves and where we're getting to that next level. It's the easiest to sabotage our actions through sabotaging our body in whatever your form of indulgence is. So I talk a lot about food, but this could be exercise, this could be alcohol, this could be TV, this could be sex. So highly recommend you listen all the way through. You get that little bonus at the end so you can see that you are not alone in your own experiences and we are all moving through self-doubt. And I do give a bunch of exercises and at the end I give a bunch of exercises how to move through self-doubt or a bunch of perspectives, let me say. And it's just, it's just fantastic. So please, I invite you to listen through. Please message me if you find that you have any breakthroughs or questions. My DMs are always open. I always love it if you leave me a heart-centered review on wherever you're listening to this podcast from. <sighs> All right. So lastly, before we get to the start of this, if you are a coach or healer who is having a challenge in your content, and you feel like your content is not transferring what's on your soul into the souls of your ideal clients, whether or not that's because of a confidence issue or you don't know the logistics and strategy of how to set up really empowering content or you don't know what to write about because you like so many things or you don't know how to direct the content. If you are having a challenge with content that speaks from your souls to the soul of your dreamy client that's ready to pay you're going to want to stick around because that is something that I'm creating for you in these moments that is something that my podcasts are going to be about and very very shortly if not the next time I would say if not next week I'm going to have a beautiful loving free resource about creating content that speaks from your soul to theirs and it's going to give you a bunch of content templates a bunch of content ideas the why behind our content the client journey so the journey that someone takes from not knowing who we are to purchasing and it's going to be really value-packed so I'm really excited about that and what that's turning into I have had some knowing that my next offer is going to be called Soul Speak and it's going to be about content. 
However, that being said, I'm taking this one step at a time. So my first step is creating this free resource for you to see what helps to really get uh, deep and involved in what your challenges are and remember what my challenge and what the clients, what my challenge of my clients were as we started to create content that got people really excited to actually take action and actually pay us because I think so often we're like throwing content into the ether to see like like fish bait to see who's going to who's going to who's going to grab it, right? And if we get if we get clients they're they may be needy or they're not taking action or we don't know how to charge enough or we might not be getting clients and we might just be getting people that are like puking all over us in our inbox and thinking that we can just sit there and listen and that we're not trying to run a business and all of these things. So keep an eye out for that. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you're following me on Instagram or Facebook. And I will let you get to this beautiful podcast that is straight from my soul. I will talk to you soon. Welcome to the Goldmine Podcast. I'm Shauna Kathleen, and I'm your host. If you're committed to creating your life and building the vision, come with me. What up, ladies? I normally say guys on my lives on Facebook, but uh, just you pretty ladies here. So I want to dive into this. This is probably going to be over five minutes long. Um, hi to all the rewatchers. I took notes and there's so much information in this. I'm going to do my best to, to give you what I know. And so the, this is overindulgence, emotions, and business. And so they're all sort of overlapped. There's this principle to the universe called correspondence. And this says, as above, so below. And so, first off, let's understand that anything that we're talking about, especially in this live, not especially, but anything that we're talking about on one tier of our life, like business, business, whatever's happening in business is happening everywhere. How you do anything is how you do everything. So whether I'm talking about overeating food, whether I'm talking about alcohol, whether I'm talking about business, whether I'm talking about relationships, whether I'm talking about emotions, they all are giving us the same message about our life in the entirety and our reality personally. And so overindulgence is a really interesting thing because we can overindulge everywhere. We can overindulge in food, which is my thing. We can overindulge on Netflix. We can overindulge um, in exercise. We can overindulge in sex. We can overindulge in flirting. We can overindulge in being online. We can overindulge in little things we might not think are overindulgence because they're not a heroin addiction, right? So addiction is an interesting thing, and I think that we are all addicted to everything, and we can choose pick and choose what we want to be addicted to based on the life that we want to create for ourselves. And so first things first, the interesting thing about overindulgence and emotions is what I found navigating food addiction, sugar addiction, carbs, right? Um, I went on, so I was a year and a half 
or more where I didn't eat any sugar, none, like none. All I had was honey. That was my allowance. And that was like, not a lot. Tablespoon a meal or something, two maybe. Um, no sugar, no added sugar, no fake sugar, no nothing. I had honey and stevia. And cutting that out was intense for me. I mean, I became angry. I was just this, I was on steroids like at the time and I was roid raging and not for muscles, but for implant inflammation. I was roid raging. I was going through the sugar addiction withdrawal, let alone changing my whole fucking diet and lifestyle. And it was very intense. And something that I learned now revisiting that, um, not being in that intensity is that when we have an overindulgence, whether it's food or alcohol or any of these things, we, first of all, it feels like if, if we tell ourselves, okay, I'm not going to watch Netflix tonight, or I'm only going to watch for an hour. And so we say we're not going to watch it. Well, we're just thinking like Netflix, 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 whenever the time comes for a habit to happen or food, or we're like, yeah, I'm not going to eat any more. Um, I'm not going to eat any more of these bars, this chocolate. And you're like chocolate, 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 chocolate. And it feels like that's all that's on our mind is, is the thing. That's like our, our attention cannot be distracted from that thing because we want it so bad. And we either break or we either continue on and see, you know, get through it. But then the next time comes around. And so my point here is it feels like our mind is just concentrated on the thing. But when we decide to go internal a little bit more, when we become aware a little bit more, when we actually use it as this exciting experiment to sit down and see, okay, how do I feel because I don't have this thing? How do I feel not eating the thing or drinking or doing the thing? How do I actually feel about it? And first it might come up these initial, um, you know, <laughs> regular emotions like, well, I feel angry. I feel sad. I feel this. I feel that. Um, I feel, I feel pissed off. And then eventually when, if we choose to dive in deeper and journal or speak about it out loud, record on our phone, sit in it, if we choose to not overindulge for that night and know that it only has to be for those, that chunk of time. It only has to be for that night. It only has to be for that hour. It only has to be for that little amount of time. And we can play with it and get really curious on what is actually happening. We'll see that there's deeper emotions under there. We'll see that we want to overeat the cake or the chips because we feel like we can't actually do what we say we want to do. And so we're just going to self-sabotage that moment. And so a really good exercise is to play and to give yourself a, just a night of not doing the thing and journal and speak and see what emotions come up and dig fucking deep and see what you're actually covering up. That's the first thing. We're already six minutes in. So the very, very, very interesting thing is you don't actually want what you think you want. So when it comes to food, especially like um, sugar addiction, any, any food, 
right? When it comes to food, I have found and played this game of, okay, I want pizza and pasta salad. Like, ooh, my mouth is water. I want pizza and pasta salad. I got this craving. It's not going away. It's been days, right? And then I realized I could ask myself, okay, what do pizza and pasta salad remind me of? Well, it reminds me of chilling with my friends and sitting down, you know, playing SpongeBob PlayStation or watching Netflix and, and romantic comedies with them and connecting with them. And so this interesting thing happened where my boyfriend Adam was really craving graham crackers and butter dipped in coffee, hot coffee. It's really good if you haven't had it. Um, and obviously, not obviously, but we don't do gluten and we rarely do high sugar, high carb foods. He, more than me, rarely does it. And so I asked him and I said, well, what does that remind you of? And he said that it reminds him of being with his dad because his dad taught him how to do that. And so he didn't want to eat the graham crackers and butter because he didn't want the, the, the shit food. And so he hung out with his dad and the craving went away. And so we actually, there's these underpinning memories and emotions and, and sensory aspects of what we actually want underneath what we're indulging in. What up, Ashley? So this is really important. So whatever your indulgence is, if you want to binge watch Netflix, if you want to binge eat, if you want to have three more drinks, Ask yourself, what does it remind you of? What emotions come up in the memories? Why is that great? Why is that amazing? And then maybe if you're missing hanging out with friends or just fucking relaxing for a night, do those things and see if that craving for that indulgence doesn't go away. Um, okay, next. So I want us to understand that we are creating our reality. And so the way that we do anything is the way that we do everything. And how life is showing up for us is how life will show up for us. And we can shift it. And so if we think of overindulgence, um, I'm going to speak about food again because that's where I can speak into the most. If we think about overindulgence, we're like, for so me, I'll like do really, really, really good. And I'll be on my fucking game. I'll be doing all the things. And then something will give me permission to overindulge. And then it's called the fuck it syndrome, where I'm just like, fuck it. And I just go in and I overindulge and I overeat for like a month or two, not a day, right? This happens like a month or two. I'm overindulging, overindulging. And then what happens is I start to feel shitty. And then I find myself wanting to bring myself back down to this place of restriction and elimination to feel better again. Rather, than just having a day or two here, being okay with it, having a day or two here, being okay with it. And not only is this going to allow me to have more fun and flexibility in my overindulgences, because we can do it sometimes. This will, this will allow me to have more fun and flexibility. This is also going to allow me to feel better in my body. And this is also going to show up in my business. Rather than make a lot of money, relax and spend all of the money and go on the vacation and then have to work and make a lot of money and have to do all the things and then relax, it reflects. Notice that when this peak happens, we can notice now 
and we can be okay with a, an overindulgence or two, and then we, we can bring it back down. We can bring it back down. We can bring it back down to where we want to be and avoid this fuck it syndrome to where we're just like, well, fuck it. I'm going to go crazy for two months because I've been so good or because I deserve it or because I had a hard week last week. You know what I mean? I stubbed my toe this morning. I deserve this. That's real. And I make a joke, but that, that stuff is real. And so we can understand that once we screw up, once we do something we may not want to do, okay, understand that this fuck it thing is inherent in us and we want to just say fuck it and go all in. And we don't have to. We can respond differently. Um, next thing on my list. So I'm approaching this from a couple different angles. And so I want you to take what lands and I want you to take what feels right in your body for you. Because for some of you guys, it's going to be all about the um, emotions. It's going to be all about digging into what emotions come up when you don't have the indulgence. Some of you guys, it's going to be digging into the memories of what the indulgence reminds you of and seeing if you can't take different actions to negate the craving for whatever it is you want. Some of you guys, it's going to be for creating your reality. And this is going to really hit home for you guys because you're going to see how this happens, not only in your overindulgences, but in your business and in your romantic life and in your relationships, right? This flow is inevitable, but the size of the waves are optional, right? We can sort of do this. I want to cover, how do I want to word it without putting you guys in a box and myself? So this group, we are all go-getters. We are all high achievers, even if it's a closet, like I found out I'm a closet high achiever. I didn't actually know these big, this big vision that I was hiding because I wanted to appease the people around me, right? So we're these high achievers, we're these go-getters, we have big visions, we see things that get to be shifted, therefore we see things that we want to change. We see things that could be easier if they were different. And so what that tends to look like in our lives is we rebel. And it's exciting. And it's hot, it's sexy to rebel. Like, rebelling is so amazing because we are pushing the boundary of the current reality. It's amazing and we get to thrive and revel in that. And with women like us, we will start to rebel against ourselves. And so there's the line again. If I'm telling myself I'm not going to overeat the cake because the cake could even be a grain-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, all the things free cake, but I'm eating seven of them, right? I tell myself I'm not going to overeat the cake. But I'm so, I have this, this rebel mindset that then I'm thinking like, well, I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. I'm allowed. I'm able. And so then the rebellious aspects comes up. So if that lands for you, dive into that. The last thing that I want to cover, actually one other thing before the last. So the last thing, I want you to hang out for the last thing because the last thing is the big thing, okay? Understand whatever your indulgence is, whether it be TV, food, drugs, alcohol, um, exercise, whatever it is. I pretty much 99% of the time 
whatever on your, depending on your indulgence, can guarantee that you are beating up your body while you're doing this. And so this is really important when it comes to business because when our body is not functioning at a high level, when our body is not even functioning properly, it's going to be really challenging to, to pay attention. It's going to be really challenging to have the energy without having to overindulge in something else like caffeine. And so I'm asking you guys and inviting you guys to take high responsibility over this because this is the conduit for your creation. And when you are beating up on your body consistently, the vessel and the conduit for your creation, which is going to bring you abundance and is going to bring impact and going to give permission to all of these other people that they can live the lives that they want to do, that is impacting it. Because you know how it feels after you overindulge. You feel shitty. Your body feels heavy. You might get bloated. You might have a headache. You might be nauseous. You might just feel crappy because you're not moving or shitty because you're moving too much. And so take that into high, high consideration that this, this physical thing is taking a beating and you're beating up on it and it's yours. It's the only one you're going to get. And that gets to create. And that can not only function better, but it can function at a higher capacity that you can even imagine. Um, I did some, I have history in biohacking a little bit, not a lot. Yes. So the last big thing that I want to cover here. And this is going to encompass, so I've covered a lot of things that maybe don't, everybody doesn't vibe with, right? So take, again, take what feels like it's hitting home for you and move with it. But this last thing is going to be for everyone. Because when we overindulge, we already know that we're overindulging because of emotions, right? Subconscious shit happening. I don't have to explain that. You guys know the language. We overindulge because subconscious shit. And we self-sabotage because of the subconscious stuff. And so whatever the overindulgence is for you, it is happening because on some level, you feel like you are not loved or supported or enough. And so when it comes down to it, love is the factor here. I overeat because... I think I'm not going to be able to commit to it long-term anyways, so I'm going to fuck myself over because I don't love myself enough to do it or whatever the reason. So if love is the underlying fundamental emotion that we're not feeling that is keeping us from actually not overindulging and indulging in something that's good for us, if love is the underlying emotion for that, well, just like if we're feeling lack, we want to spend. We want to counteract that with, with spending. Since we now know that subconsciously we're feeling lack of love, we want to counteract that with gratitude and love. So however your favorite ways to feel love are, in the body feeling, not just cognitively think about how great things are, but feeling it in the body, you have your favorite ways. The more that we can tap into that and the more that we can feel that and the gratitude for what we're creating and the amount of opportunity that we have in front of us, the less we will overindulge. Ashley says, so what I indulge in is being a student. Oh, thank you for bringing this up. I wanted to talk about this. I wrote it down. 
Um, acting like I don't know what to do. I stayed in student mode and I don't act as a leader most of the time. Are you still here, Ashley? Give me a heart or something. Okay, cool. Damn, that was quick. There's no leg time there. Um, okay, so the student thing. I do that too, and a lot of us do that, especially women like us in this group. And so, again, let's just bring it back to the overindulgence in learning is feeling like we're not ready, which actually is like love. Like when we're fully connected to love, if we're fully connected, if we are fully coming from heart, we are always ready. So whatever, I, I stay in student mode and I don't act as a leader most of the time. Right, you're not acting as a leader because you don't feel like you're good enough to be a leader, which is into love. And so I'm curious what would happen for you if you kind of did the opposite here. And so you want, to act as a leader, you want to take the action, you want to do the thing, right? And not quit preparing to do the thing. If you choose to step into leadership and then see what emotions show up for you, because once you step into it, it's going to feel great. Rather than once I don't eat the food for three hours, probably not going to, I'm probably still going to be diving into these emotions. And so once you step into it, it's going to feel great. But when you'll see the subconscious emotions the most, when you're going to see them and what you want to pay attention to them the most are like right before you take the action, like working up to pressing live on Facebook live. That's when you want to take note. And so whatever emotions show up for you, um, you get to counteract with the opposite emotion and tapping into that in the body. You said something else down here. Yes. Landing with my heart is what's been showing up a lot this week. Hi, Lori. Um, yeah, landing in the heart is amazing. And so actually there's a lot of science about connecting the mind and the heart. And there's actually a really easy thing that we can do um, three minutes a day, which is, this is not, this is backed by science. I was watching something, uh, not Joe Dispenza, not Bruce Lipton, but the other guy. And so we have neurons in our heart that, we have neurons in our heart that act separately from the brain. They have their own memories. They have their own processing. They have their own, their own neural nets. And so we can, by touching our heart center, however you want to do that, you could just touch it, you could touch it, you could touch it. And for three minutes, you tap into what gratitude feels like and care and compassion and you hold that frequency in your body for just three minutes. What I'm hearing is that has a lasting effect for six, six hours to bring coherence to the head and the heart. So you can act from the heart while utilizing the head for what you need it for because the head's not all bad. Um, Ashley says, right, once I'm in a good mood, so good, yeah. Okay, subconscious emotion. Okay, I'll journal what's coming up before I act. Thank you. Even so, journal, but for some reason, I want to say this really quick. Journaling, it works for me sometimes, but sometimes with the emotional stuff, and for some reason, I think this is going to work better for you. I like to take my phone and put it on voice recorder and just talk out loud as the stuff's coming up and actually talk to the emotions. So if I'm feeling anxious, I'll say hi, anxiety, and then I'll talk to it. You know what I mean? Or fear, whatever the thing is. And then you just record and speak out loud. It's, it's really powerful. Um, I find it, it, I can tap in quicker and rather than writing. Lori said, I struggle with being a leader when I'm not clear on what I'm leading. That's where the student comes on. 
That's where, oh, the student mentality comes in. Oh, so same thing for you. Awesome. Uh, I struggle with being a leader when I'm not clear on what I'm leading. Okay, cool. So if, let me give you a personal example. For this video, I knew I wanted to do it. I knew you guys voted on it. I knew that I loved the topic and I wasn't really clear on what I was going to say or like the structure or what my main message was going to be. And that I felt a little fear around that. I, I made these notes. Can't really see, but there's like checks on here to go over because I wanted it to be clear and concise because I'm leading you through learning about this, right? And I, I kept wanting to like do research and take notes and make sure that I wanted, I had everything down that I wanted to cover down. And then there's this point to where you know when you're taking it too far. And there was this point that I was like, you know what? I'm going to trust that what gets to come through will come through and wherever the conversation goes is exactly where it gets to go and where it needs to for me to lead the conversation because all this, all this live was doing other than yes, I'm bringing you guys some knowledge that you may not know and I'm bringing you guys some exercises, but all it's really doing is leading the conversation to open up around this. Because when the conversation opens up around whatever topic, it, it brings in responsibility to the topic. And so, Lori, you know what you like to talk about. There's things that you know that you like to talk about. And so a really interesting, um, exciting, exploratory way that I like to learn that it pushes my edge also, that's the key for the growth, right? I feel it push my edge, but it's really interesting to grow. Um, I don't know where I learned this, but it's a little saying that says, see, do, teach. So you see the thing, you do the thing, and then you teach the thing. And through teaching, we learn more. And so I have a lot of fun and creative. I, I create it to be fun for me rather than anxiety producing because it could easily be anxiety producing, but I choose to be excited about it. If I like a topic like self-expression or universal law or mind-body connection, if I like a topic, I'm just going to teach something small that I know about it, right? So like universal or uh, self-expression. I'll pick like one little topic underneath self-expression and I'll teach about it. Just one little thing. I don't need to know that I know everything. I can just teach this one thing that some people might not know. And then what happens, this awesome thing happens where like I come on right now not really knowing what I'm bringing through and then I see how much I actually do know just by talking and getting into the flow state. And so what that does is one, then you're like, shit, I'm channeling a lot of shit. I know a lot. I actually am really versed in this subject. I just don't have, a, I, I feel like I don't know it. So I'm not confident in speaking about it. But one, the more you speak about it, the more confident you're going to be. And two, as you're speaking it out loud from up, all the jumbled stuff up here is actually coming out fluently. That's going to you're going to learn it better and it's going to be more embodied in your body. And then by doing that over and over and over again to what you were saying on, you're not clear what you're leading. You're going to see the topics that you keep coming back to over and over and over again. And then that is what you're leading on. That's what happened with me with self-expression and mind body and universal law. Like I just kept coming back to these topics, no matter what I was talking about. And so just play with it. Have fun. Use it, as, use it, one, as an experiment for yourself. Use it, two, as an opportunity to teach these tiny little topics you know to people. And three, what was my third one? Oh, use it as a 
opportunity to see where your overlays are. Because if you like a topic, like if you like talking about, uh, give me a topic. Lori, give me a topic you like talking about. Just spit one out. Don't you love these earrings? FYI. They were my mom's and she gave them to me and I just love them all the time. You can't find peace signs anywhere. Okay, someone give me a topic of something small that they like, like something little that they're interested in. Oh my God, there's all these comments I'm not seeing. Okay, wait a minute. Ashley said, oh good. Yeah, I did that with depression and wrote about it. Got it. And I'll do the three minute heart, mind heart exercise. Thank you. You're welcome. Lori said, yes, I'm familiar with that model. I'm not sure what model, but I'm glad you're familiar with it. I think that's where I'm struggling. I'm all over the place and need to streamline into bits. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hi, Danielle. Thank you. Can we also self-doubt? Can we also self-doubt? I don't know what that means. Oh, can we do self-doubt? Like the topic of self-doubt? Oh, the chakras. Okay, so the chakras are a topic. Ashley, I'm not sure what you're asking me, so take that again. Chakras is good, too. Okay, so the chakras. I was learning about the chakras with a friend of mine last night. And, you know, you can just keep learning the basic stuff and you just keep picking more stuff up about it. Um, the chakras are a great one because there's so many. There is so much information. There's not only the where the chakras are placed. There's um, the colors that go along with it. There's a frequency to the color. There's the temperature to the color. There's the offset chakras. There's the history and the symbolism of the shape of the chakra, right? There's so much into that i mean you can go so deep and just never feel ready right but let's just say that you just talk about the sacral chakra or the solar plexus i love talking about the solar plexus because personal power is there and it weaves into my story a lot so let's just say you're just like okay we're gonna learn about the solar plexus today my lipstick looks really crazy <laughs> Like I'm a like I'm a, a six-year-old cat lady who doesn't know how to do it. I think it's just the light. Um, you're like, okay, we're learning about the sacral chakra. I'm sorry, not the sacral. The uh, we're learning about the chakra today, right? So you pick one tiny, and then you talk about what you know about it. You talk about what it means for what it means when it's activated, what it means when it's blocked. So easy. You just talk about that, and then what you'll notice that happens. Is it if the only pressure you're putting on yourself is to give the information of what it looks like when it's working properly, what it looks like when it's not working properly. That's the only thing you want to give and you already know that you know it amazingly. So then you're going to talk about it and then you're going to see all of these other things that you forgot that you knew about it because it's exciting for you to talk about. And so not only did you figure out that you knew way more and you gained confidence in what you do know about, you actually over gave, you, you, over, you, you showed up more than you said you were going to show up. And so you gave more and the people got more and you tapped in better because you didn't have the high expectations of what you were going to bring. And then, and then let's say you talk about the throat chakra next and you do the same thing. And you talk about all of these things because let's remember, if you know about chakras, you talk about solar plexus, and then you talk about the throat. And you guys probably know this just as well as I do, that like these are two very different. They, they lead to very different topics. And so what you might find is that you're, so first you do this one, and then you're talking about the throat one, and you realize that twice now doing these lives, 
you've actually talked about the diet contributing, which seems like it's not related, but it really is. Or maybe you talked about it twice and now you see this little pattern of the fact that people need to drink more water. Look, I keep going to, keep going to diet. What else can we see? We see the pattern, oh, that you're talking about sacred geometry and how that works. And the, the symbolism in them and the history behind them. Or you just, you talk about these and you start talking about how you were raised as a little girl in parenting. And then you just start to see these connections. Do you know what I mean? That might seem unconnected, but it's actually showing you what you're really interested in. Hi, Ashley. Okay, does that all make sense? Do you feel like you can move forward with that? So uh, the big thing that came up, I don't know, Danielle, if you saw, is people feel like they're overindulging in student mentality. And so we were talking about like taking action. To wrap this up, I'm just gonna go over these points one more time. You overindulging in the thing is creating that reality for you of this. Overindulgence and then have to really, really restrict and then overindulgence and then have to really, really restrict and then overindulgence and have to really, really restrict. That is mirroring more than just in the indulgence. That is mirroring in your relationships, that is mirroring in your business, that is mirroring in your finances. So understand that. It is that is happening everywhere, the patterns of your indulgences. Also, understand that what you think about the circumstances of your indulgence, if you find yourself in an indulgence, are you beating yourself up about it? Or are you going, oh shit, I noticed this. Let me take this action of this powerful woman that I know I am, and hell fucking yeah for noticing it and not letting it go on for a week or a month until I get sick again, right? understand that beneath everything is emotion and so you can choose to give yourself just one night of not doing the thing or one day or one hour and reflect on the emotions that come up and there's going to be very basic emotions that come up like anger fear sadness but there's emotions underneath that core beliefs core limiting beliefs that you can find and become aware of. And that actually finding and becoming aware of that core limiting belief is enough to stop the indulgence. One of my favorites, as a reminder, is the indulgence is not actually what you want. It's what the indulgence reminds you of. So back to the example of my boyfriend wanted graham crackers and butter dipped in milk, and he realized he wanted to see his dad because that's what it reminded him of. So he went and hung out with his dad and those cravings subsided. And he had those cravings for like, two or three weeks. So understand over in, gen in, in general, it's the sensory aspects of the indulgence. It's not actually the indulgence. So it's, it's, it's how the indulgence makes you feel and think and what it reminds you of. Oh, and also stop rebelling against yourself. Like being a rebel is, is amazing and it is thrilling and it is leading edge and we can take it too far. So just notice. Um, and the big thing is that we are overindulging because we feel a lack of love somewhere. And somehow that overindulgence leads us into love. Whether it's we're drinking and so we feel like we can actually be open and honest because we're drinking the liquid courage. Or we're doing it with a partner and that that's the only time our partner opens up. Or we're eating the food because it gives us this awesome feeling. Right, or exercising because we, we don't love our body enough. We don't feel enough. 
And so the more that we can actually, and for everybody, the more that we can actually tap into the physical sensation of love in the body and remind us of, of the gratitude and, and all of these things, whatever that high vibe list is for you, I suggest you make a high vibe list. I have one hanging up. The more that we can tap into that, the less we want the indulgence. Because I tell you, before I got on this live, I really, 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 really wanted to go into the kitchen. Really. And so making a different choice and just seeing and just be curious with it. Like, just see. There's no fucking pressure. There's, no, there's nothing that says you can't ever, 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 ever have a drink again or a cookie again or watch Netflix for six hours on a day again. There's nothing telling you that. All there is is right now. And so right now, like, just see what happens if you don't do it. It doesn't have to mean for the rest of your life you don't have this thing. Anyways, I love you guys. I have more comments here. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Awesome. Danielle said, yes, I was obsessed with being the student forever, and then I had to step into being an elementary teacher, and I created that leadership role. It's something that I'm still stepping into for teaching what I'm passionate about now. I'm outside of the classroom and building a new classroom. I love teaching. Mm, yes, take the pressure off. Take the pressure off. Yeah. God, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And we think, like, when I was stopping smoking, like, I still, I can't say that, I can't say that I ever thought I was going to quit smoking like 100% for, 100% for good. And I can't say that I'll never smoke another cigarette again because if I did, I would want to go get a pack right now. I actually do. There'll be times in the summertime where I do smoke a cigarette. And I don't hate myself for that because there 99.8% of the time I choose differently. My life is differently. And so allowing that little it's just it's just we take the pressure off. Like, yes, beautiful. I love you guys. 